0: just want to thank you guys very, very much. That was exhausting. And uh, if you're new, welcome. And we ask that you fill out a connection card so we can keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest that's happening here. And if you have any new information, fill out a connection card and stick it in the connection box in the back or on the lobby door um, for the office. And with that, let's go to the Lord as his people of prayer. Awesome. Heavenly Father, full of grace and mercy. We come to you by faith in your Son, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ. And through the power of your Spirit, you are our Creator, you are eternal, you alone are holy, and we seek your holiness to be reflected through us and your love that's made perfect as you perfect us. We thank you for making us on purpose and for purpose, and, and thank you for the, the church. Thank you for your ministry and the mission in which you've set that it's clear, Lord, that we are to make disciples of all the nations. Help us to navigate what that looks like and revealing your light in our community. And and please forgive us as much as we forgive others, Lord. And we also ask you please tend to those sufferings in our our communities and be with our leaders locally, globally, and and nationally. We come to you with our our praises and our prayers. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said... Amen. Would you please stand as we, as we go before the Lord in song? You know, there is only one truly holy definition, and that is God. Holy is the Lord God Almighty.
1: and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing Everyone sing Lord God Almighty The earth is filled with His glory Holy is the Lord God Almighty The earth is filled with His glory The earth is filled with His glory We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing glory, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with his glory, the earth is filled with his glory, it is rising up all around, it's the anthem of the Lord all around. see the anthem of the Lord's renown. Together we sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is fair with his glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is fair with his glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is fair with his glory. His glory
0: The earth is with his glory. In this world, we have a, an opportunity in our lifetime to, to consider what we build the foundation of our life upon. Some will build it upon the sands that are shifting and, and shaky. and in the event of a storm, Like scripture shares, there'll be a huge crash. And there's others that for those that put their faith in Christ, we build our life on the unshakable foundation of Christ as our cornerstone. That He who sets the angle and the attitude of how we interact with ourselves, with God, and with each other. There is our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness.
1: Sweet. He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his His righteousness alone, Father's faultless to stand before the throne, Christ alone, born so
0: uh, One of the things I noticed in conversations that we have is we're really good at saying what we don't believe in. What we don't like. I don't like that. We don't do that. That's not for us. You know, we don't believe in that. That is wrong. But what happens if we change that and we flip that over? What if we begin with our conversations of, hey, this is what I believe. This is what I do. This is who we are. You know, it's so important for us not only know what we believe, but but live into that belief. Not live into unbelief, not live into what we don't do, what we can't do, what we shouldn't do, but live into the fullness of who we are and what God has us become. And so for our creed today, just let it sink into your soul and your heart. This is what we believe.
1: our Father everlasting, the all-creating One,
2: God
1: Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior, the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we Judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious life, forever lifted high. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son. saint's communion and in your holy church i believe in the resurrection when jesus comes again for i believe in the name of jesus i believe in god our father i believe in christ the son I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus.
0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this time that You've gathered us together. Lord, we come before You in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that You put Your blessing upon our, our offering and, and giving. Lord, that we would do so joyfully and it be multiplied for the mission in which You've set us here to partake in. Lead us, Lord. Glorify Yourself and bless that which You put on our hearts to give and tithe. Lauren, on up. Lauren wasn't here last week, and so the um, she didn't get a chance for the whole promotion thing. No, you got to stand right in the middle, all right? <laughs> and one of the things that we also many of you not realize is Lauren turned 12 this week. So happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear Lauren! Happy birthday to you. I, I told her I wouldn't do that. I apologize for lying. <laughs> the, you're worth it, though. And congratulations on moving to middle school. All right? This is from your church. This is from your Fresno First family. We want you to have a Bible, and we even wrote it in it. So God bless you. Here you go. And can we pray for you? Can everybody go ahead and stick a hand out and a hand up? And we're going to pray for Lauren. Heavenly Father, Lord... Thank you for this young lady, our sister, your daughter. We ask that she enters into this new season, Lord, that you would equip her with all that she needs, that you would surround and protect her, protect her mind, protect her heart, protect her soul, Lord, and give her joy through these middle school years and in through high school. And this time, Lord, let her her continue to grow in her faith and in maturity, shining your light wherever she goes. Write your word upon her heart and let her be blessed in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lauren. And it's time to pass the peace, so everybody stand up and and go say hi to someone that you haven't seen uh, in a week.
2: I got you. Sorry. Oh, okay. You take You're good. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Good morning, everybody. So, we've got a couple of quick announcements for y'all. Uh, the first is going to be 24 hours of prayer. Do we have the slide, Pastor? Yes. I didn't. Awesome. There we go. So, August 4th, uh, 5 p.m. to August 5th, 5 p.m. So, 24 hours of prayer. Um, be praying and thinking about that as we do that. Yeah, uh, Pastor Jason, I'm gonna turn over you. You can give a little more.
0: Twenty-four hours of prayer is going to look like is we're going to have five or six stations within the sanctuary, and we're going to be having sign-ups for half an hour at a time. Traditionally, I've seen people spend up to two hours, you know, instead of the half an hour, but we want to make it OK for everybody, and we're just going to encourage for 24 hours, we have prayer within the sanctuary. It'll change us. It'll change the community. It's, it's truly just a blessed time that we can come together and devote ourselves to God's people of prayer. So we'll be talking more about that as
2: it, as it comes. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor. And then uh, we have our Grow Group book, which uh, I just started to get into. It's really interesting, really good. Uh, $10, the book is back there, um, Let Your Life Speak by Parker J. Palmer, um, and I believe you said the third, Pastor, August 3rd is going to be, that's Thursday, um, and we'll do the get together, then talk about it. So, plenty of time to read it. It's not a a very long book. Um, And then, lastly, um, Connect Crew. Uh, We've got the sign-ups out there, so go ahead and get uh, signed up for that. It's going to be awesome. Um, And then, oh, next week, um, Nazarene Foundation. um, Is that going to be? Yeah, uh, John uh, Twitchell. That's... I always get them mixed up. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, and then the last thing I had on here was that outside, if you all have seen the um, donations for VBS, you can kind of grab a, an item and donate that way. Um, and I did get confirmation from Katie that if you want to give for that online, you could do that obviously in person. But if you want to do it online, put it under Kids Ministry uh, online, and we'll make sure that gets to VBS. So that's all we got. Thank you very much.
0: All right, if you have your Bibles or apps, we're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and 10 through 18 this morning. In your Pew Bible, it's on page 750. You know, we're continuing from last as we go into a series of connect grow serve which is the mission our mission that God has placed upon Fresno first and we're going to be looking at what it means to connect today continue to look what it means to connect as an incarnational church that it was exampled by Jesus who God in the flesh and and for us to understand the aspects of following Jesus is that we become exposed willfully and intentionally to the liabilities of others so that you know, and that includes our friends and our family and our neighbors and our communities. That everybody may come to embrace Christ because they've been embraced by His body, us, the church, His followers. Um, and when we do so, when we become incarnational and, and we connect, we, we use Jesus' example of His life and His ministry that, that it's, it's fleshy, it's real, it's messy, but it's holy. Holy. And God is with us, and we're going to be talking about that today. So, if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? The Gospel of John, 1 through 5, and 10 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name. He gave power to become children of God who were born, who were born not of blood, will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God and the word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's only son full of grace and truth john testified to him cried and cried out this was he of whom i said he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace the law indeed was given through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ no one has ever seen god But it is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made Him This has been the Word of the Lord. And all of God's people said, thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, Jesus, He pitched His tent in our lives. And when we jump down to read verse 10, we read He was in the world and and the world came into being through Him, yet the world did not know Him. And there's just scream and irony here that, that God... Jesus, who, in which created all things and, and put a light into the world and saves us and is the agent from which all life comes from, that the very life that He created for all of us, that His creation, us, didn't recognize Him. It's kind of baffling. It also speaks into the, the humbleness of Jesus. That, that he, when he came and he lived among us, he didn't stand out as a political rising star or just a miracle worker for the applause and the accolades of, of all that came and followed him and gathered. He came as a servant, he came to save. He came for the sake of love. And he makes his love known by his actions, not his name, if that makes sense. People followed Jesus because they saw how he lived. They saw how his his words and his deeds, they matched up. How people saw God the Father in a new way that they had never experienced before. And it makes me pause and wonder, would we recognize Jesus if we were to meet him where he was standing behind us in line at the supermarket? And he was just there. Would we see him? Would we recognize him? What if we were walking down the street and he walked past us down in downtown Fresno, down Tower District, and we're just hanging out in the Tower District, and Jesus walks by in the street? I mean, certainly we would, right? I would hope we would. And if we did recognize him, how would we? You see, uh, there's an early church father called St. Um, Athanasius, the Hard name to say, really good theologian. And he gives insight in if we would really recognize Jesus. And he stated that that we would because God's image and likeness is within us. And even when that image of God within us is distorted, it allows us to recognize a perfect image. An image and likeness of Christ because of the incarnation. The incarnation is unique. It's when God dwelt among us, when he pitched his tent. And so in other words, we would recognize Jesus not because he introduced himself to us, but we would recognize him through the way that he lived, that he lived tangibly and actively in our midst. And he revealed the Father's love in all that he did, even to those that didn't recognize him, even to those that rejected him. He still was fleshy and messy and holy and loving and compassionate and saving Jesus wasn't recognized by the world He created, but by living, He was recognized that set a standard of what life can be, which allows us to have a sense of what we can be to become fully human in the sense that Jesus is fully human because the Spirit lives within us and it shows us how we should live. And verse 14 says that that Jesus, the Word in the flesh, lived among us and because He lived among us, we have seen God's glory. The glory of the only Son. In other words, Jesus pitched His tent in our community and lived among us. And because He lived among us, do you realize that we've seen the glory of God? We've got a taste of it. I don't know if anybody here has ever baked brownies or a cake or something, but you mix the batter up, right? And then you, you put it in the pan or the dish and you put it in the oven. And then what do you do with the spoon? You lick it, right? Right? And is the spoon full of brownie? No. It's the anticipation and a foretaste of that brownie coming out of the oven. Of that cake that's cooking. And it sets the way that we the, are thinking and it sets you know, this anticipation of what is to come. Jesus does that for us. We get to live now with the anticipation and the hope of what is to come because we have tasted the glory of God. Through his spirit that Jesus sends. And people saw Jesus walking around and, and he walked into their neighborhoods like he walks in our neighborhoods through us, the church. And, and when they saw him, they didn't just see another man, they saw the glory of God. And the glory of God wasn't this beam of light, like a heavenly spotlight or strobe light that just went around and highlighted. It wasn't like that. They saw the glory of God because they saw God in flesh. They saw the love of God being lived out. They saw the Scriptures being fulfilled. See, the way of Christ is the way of the Incarnation, and it's a way that reveals the glory of God among us when we allow the Holy Spirit to live in the fullness within us. And that's how the darkness is dismissed, because it exposed the light to the dark, and that those that would come and see and know God and and the heart of God and the love of God through the actions and life of Christ, God incarnate. You know, and for us, the church, there's danger living incarnationally. There's danger dwelling in the places and going into those places that Jesus dwelt. It's not for the faint at heart. It's for the saints who have His heart. See, that dwelling and that living as lights in a world that is dark means that we go into those places as Jesus exposed himself willfully to us and to our limits and liabilities. So he sends us to the same darkness that the light may shine. And we will be exposed to the very sin and muck and infections that Jesus was exposed to. And, and in that, it can ruin our reputations. Jesus got accused of all sorts of things, he got accused of being a sinner. Because He hung out with sinners. The same sinners He came to save and revealed the Father's heart. He got called a drunkard. He got called a glutton. He, got, he was a friend of those with poor reputations. And He did so without offering an excuse or any justification. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to hang out with, with the roughnecks today. Hey, you know what? I, I, I don't do what they do, and, but I'm just going to hang out with them and show them the glory of God. So don't worry, I'm not going to sin but I just, I'm just going to hang out with them. But isn't that kind of how we do it? When we hang out with the people with the wrong reputation? When we go into those areas that the church traditionally doesn't go into? When we go into our communities, don't we sometimes try to justify our actions and where we are? And we offer excuses, but love doesn't. Love. Acts without regret and revealing the glory of God and the light of life without any prejudice, and we are to embrace and our experience and experience our community as an incarnational church, just Jesus, God in the flesh. So He uses us, the church, His body, to and, and fills us with His Spirit that we can go out and be flesh to reveal Him and the glory of God. We are to live our lives in the footfalls of Jesus and embrace a life that potentially will expose us to the world and expose us as Jesus was exposed. And, and the question is, So, what does this look like? So a few years ago, I had a chance to go on a, a solo trip. I used to do those a lot. Um, need to go back to doing that. That's me on a trail on the lower right-hand corner of the slide. And I was, I was hiking out in a National Forest and there was the trail was great, and it was up in Northern California, more towards the coast. And I, I was behind this couple, and I listened to them. I was eavesdropping, and before I ended up passing them. And and this this stretch of trail, it was like straight up almost, and it was slippery, and it was muddy, and it was hard to get a foothold. And I hit my knees a couple of times. I kind of slipped, and I watched this this couple. It was a, a they they were a little older than I was, and And this lady was leaning on a tree. And then she paused and she took just a real tentative step. And then she let go of the tree. and She reached out to her companion and and took another step. And then she grabbed a plant and took another step. And then she grabbed another tree. And it was just this slow progression of grabbing, taking a step, and not slipping. And I heard her over say that she grabs holes of the trees and the brushes and the plants so she won't fall. And she says sometimes she holds on so tight to these plants that she's afraid she's going to uproot them because she is invested into them. And so I don't know if you ever had one of those moments where God just speaks a truth into your heart. And and for me that day and that moment was one of them. Remember how last week we talked about how our culture is becoming sanitized and very much hands off in the way that we approach others in life, and we like to wear, you know, we. We put on our spiritual mask and our gloves and we don't like getting our boots muddy and we don't like to go and do things because it makes us uncomfortable and and that's just becoming the way that we approach life and and in that moment God ever so gently showed me the difference between hiking or between walking on that trail and hiking incarnationally. One is hands off. I stick to myself, I don't touch anything. I don't get exposed. And the other one is hands-on. And I realized that, that on that hike, and I was probably about an hour in, I had not touched one tree. I had not stopped to smell the air. I didn't even recognize that the air smelled different than the valley. And if you ever go to the mountains, take it in. It doesn't smell like Fresno. My boots, although my knees were a little muddy because I slipped, that was pretty much it. I tried not to walk in the mud. I didn't want to get dirty. And so I changed in that moment and I began to invest into an experience that embraced everything upon the trail. I, God showed me to go ahead and how to hike incarnationally. And, and I, I bent down and I smelled moss. I touched uh, turkey tail mushrooms and, and twigs and dirt. I climbed into a, into a tree that was burnt out. And, and the Lord showed me that and convicted me that my spiritual life Could use more connecting, could use more exposure, could use more embracing life. And perhaps I had been living a spiritual life that was a little too sterile, was a little too insulated. And so the thing about incarnational living is with purpose and so that others may know God and and connect to God and, and to His people through us. And it's also, living incarnationally allows us to connect to one another so that together as His body we grow closer to the Lord. And just as Jesus lived among us and exposed Himself to all the experiences that life had to offer while showing us how to live as children of God, as the body of Christ, we are to do the same. That means that here at Fresno First, we're... Means getting our feet dirty and muddy and living life with our neighbors. It means that we're going to pitch our tent and dwell right here and invest into our community as Christ shows us how to invest in our community. It means reaching out to our 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 neighbors and and reflecting Jesus, reaching out to the lost, bringing hope and healing. And as we connect, grow and serve, and the first thing we do is we got to practice together. We spoke about last Sunday that for us to be aware of those that can't make it to. The Sunday service. And so we're asking for sign-ups for the connect crew. And, and everybody, we're going to go ahead and uh, just we're going to have sign-ups for a couple weeks, and then we're going to go ahead and implement this connect crew that we can begin to, to really live incarnationally that when people don't show up, they get a phone call. They get a text. We stay connected to one another because we need that connection frequently and often. God calls us to to join together and by tradition we join together at least once a week. And if we're missing a week, I tell you what, it doesn't take but one or two weeks and pretty soon you feel disconnected. Talk to anybody who's been sick and who's missed. How great it would be to get a phone call from a sister or brother in Christ. How are you doing? What's going on? You've been missed. And just to reach out and say hello to For our neighbors and the neighbors around our homes to to learn our names, to learn our neighbors' likes and dislikes, and to invite our neighbors to participate into life. And it could be anything. It could be dinner. It could be coffee. It could just to talk in the street and also to accept the invitations of others when we get invited. Jesus was constantly invited. And He would accept the invitations graciously and reveal the glory of God. And it also means that we we let go of worry of being associated with the wrong crowd and and simply be the light of Christ wherever we go. Where people will will know how much we care because or they'll care how much we know because they know how much we care and and they see us caring for each other. Remember, scripture states that, that we that the world will know that we are followers of Christ because of our love for what? For each other. The more that we are connected together as a Fresno First family, the greater the impact of our witness in the community. You know, and then we are to bring light into the life of those in darkness. And Jesus, as Jesus did, you know, as the body of Christ, we are to bring the light of Christ into the dark places in our community, and not passively, but actively, not sterilely, but messy. We share the light. We don't cover it. We don't hoard it. And we connect with people on a personal level. I was just talking with people yesterday. I had an opportunity to go celebrate the life of a friend that is now with Jesus. And we were talking about the importance of connection <clears throat> over anything else with one another. And how at the end of our life, we don't look back to think of those times that I wish I would have missed and not connected with more people. It's always, I wish I would have Connected just one more time with this person or that person. Now is the time to remember that. It means that, that we follow Jesus and taking that light into the dark. And that dark place can be scary and it takes faith. But we don't do it alone. We take the light of Christ. We take His life. We take His love. We take each other, the body of Christ. And we reveal it because Jesus' love and His salvation is for all peoples. You know, we talked about Mercer Cavern, how dark it was last week, and it only took one candle to go ahead and reveal the, uh, the power of what the light can do for us and how it reveals a way out. It, it reveals where we are and it, and it reveals danger and just how Christ does the same thing and how when we go into our communities, how by being a light of Jesus, that we can go ahead and reveal where people are How to get out of that hole that sometimes they feel that they're in. And we show them the love of God because we do it together. You know, sometimes we don't want to bring the light of Christ into the darkness because we say we don't have enough light. Well, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough light. I I don't live a life that's holy enough. We got to get over that because it's not our light, it's the light of Christ. And Jesus doesn't ask us to go, He commands us to go. In fact, the Bible's pretty clear that we should be connected so much that our lives are interlocked and overtwined with each other. You know, and then there's some that say, well, I can't go into that because I don't want to be tempted. And true, there will be times that we may go into situations that there's temptation to go ahead and sin. But that's why we don't go alone. We go together. So that we can lift each other up. And it speaks about that in, in James. It speaks about that in Galatians. We see that when Jesus sends out the disciples in the Gospels. We are made to be the church with the purpose. The purpose that Jesus came. To reveal the glory of God. With a purpose to dwell in our communities because of God's love. Because of Jesus' mission that He passes on to us. That all may come to believe in the name and love of Christ. And it means we take off our spiritual gloves, we take off our masks that keep spiritual masks that keep people at arm's length. It means we don't watch where we step, but we step and trudge intentionally. It means that we're gonna be accused at times of li- living in a messy, in our pitch our tent, Jesus kind of way. But do you know what the beauty of it? the glory of God of it, the Jesus of it, it means that we're going to embrace our communities the way Jesus intended us to embrace our communities and each other. That we are going to go ahead and recognize and smell the same air as our neighbors and walk the same trails as them, smell the same air as each other and walk the same trails as each other because of Christ. Of Him with us. And He will never, ever fail us. His love and grace go before us, and it meets us there, and it empowers us through his spirit. And so our challenge this week was, is the same as last. Ask or ask yourself or, or consider this, Who am I connecting with at Fresno first? Do you have anybody that you call from church every week just to say hi? That's being connected who am i connected with in the greater community? Do we just have friends that are Christian or do we open ourselves up like Jesus did and embrace all peoples? Do i influence non-believers with light or do i leave non-believers in the dark? And how far am i willing to connect with others, invite others and be present to others so that all may know the light of Christ? The apostle Paul and this is it's extreme, but he kind of gives a glimpse He said he would just give up his salvation that everybody who is Jewish would come to know the Lord. Jesus isn't asking us to do that. But what he does command us is to go and make disciples. And that reveals connection. And then we're going to be talking about, over the next weeks, growing and serving. So would you please stand to receive a blessing? May you be incarnational as you go throughout your week, embracing the cleanest and dirtiest of places, being a light that shines and overcomes the dark, so that all people may know Christ and his salvation. May we look for ways to intentionally connect with our sisters and brothers at Fresno First, and intentionally connect with our community, your sent to the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.